Welcome to another episode of the Solar Sales Podcast with your host, Tyler Jack and John Maxey. The Solar Sales Podcast is a back to basics show focused on new people entering the solar industry and is a safe place to turn people that want continued education. We keep it fairly anonymous and we aren't here to inflate any one person or company. This is a raw and unfiltered perspective, free from recruiting. If you're listening to us because of a friend sent you a link on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or YouTube, or another platform, this podcast was designed for you and mine. Trust me, you're in the right place. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe to our channel for updates. We'll be releasing a show once a week. So we have a special episode today that you almost gave away last yes. episode. <laughs> and that is our uh, managerial comp discussion that we get to have today. So I'll give a quick overview. Today's episode, we're going to cover, uh, first we're going to start with our Q&A with our guests Mike C. and Sean S. So we'll grab them on the phone shortly. And then we're going to follow up with our one-on-one. Right. We're going to talk about that managerial override mm-hmm. uh, that everybody loves to speak of. And then we're going to uh, end with our honest take, which is called How John Messed Up. <laughs> and some more stories about making some mistakes. Big ones. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to get these guys on the phone, and we can kick this off if you want to share a little bit about them while yeah. they're coming on. So this is uh, in, in the industry. Every once in a while, you'll see a, a team like this where it's a couple, couple. guys that work really well together. Um, and so that's Mike and Sean. And so they've been with a couple different companies and kind of been in the solar game for a little while um, from an education background and uh, admissions. So. Hey, guys. Hey, hey you guys up, with man? us? I am. I am. We are, uh, I think, if we're, if we're quick, we're only like three miles away from this house. Oh, man, you're on the way to an appointment? Okay, well, we'll make it fast. So thank you guys for okay. being on the uh, Solar Sales Podcast with John and I. Uh, a couple things i like to go over with our with our guests as we bring them on. We keep things fairly anonymous, and we've referred to you as your first initial of your last name. So we try not to share any companies that we've worked at. Uh, we try not to share the company that we're currently at and try to keep things just a tad bit anonymous so not seeming like we're trying to promote something. Watch that. Perfect. Okay. Well, today we have the honor of introducing Mike C. and Sean S. Uh, joining us live from uh, about to run an appointment, a solar appointment. Thanks for uh, being on the show, guys. Absolutely. Thanks for having us. So we have some questions for you. Um, I think I kind of gave you a heads up of those questions, but <clears throat> one of the things that we like to do is is find out, you know, how our, our guests got started, right? So... Um, I know your story, but if you could share with the audience a little bit um, how you guys met and how you guys got involved in this uh, this wonderful industry. Well, we uh, we definitely met in the education industry and have worked with a couple different schools for about uh, close to ten years. The last school we were at, uh, we were um, a uh, Sean was a actual director and I was assistant director, and we. Uh, basically recruited for um, all kinds of different things, but like automotive and diesel and motorcycles, things of that nature. And so we successfully took that uh, that team to the uh, the number one team in the country for about uh, pretty close to five six years. And then uh, we were kind of let go. Our whole team was absolved, and uh, we uh, decided to try something new and got into the uh, the solar industry. And it just kind of took off. We were really successful and. That's pretty much it in a, in a nutshell. Yeah, pretty much started with uh, replying to an Indeed ad, and uh, you know, I was looking into a, a 
change in careers, um, you know, with the industry and education being where it was. And, you know, Michael uh, had informed me of this opportunity, and uh, we both explored it together, and it's been uh, a great ride ever since. Nice. Very cool. Wow. Very. So what, what was that like, transitioning from education to solar? I mean, I guess you, you, you're probably still educating your clients now, right? Absolutely. I mean, one of the, the, the things, you know, now in the solar industry, you know, each and every homeowner has a unique situation, you know, uh, even the home is unique, the roof is unique, uh, you know, their, their goals for saving, you know, uh, energy or, you know, being able to go green are, are unique. And in the education industry, you know, every prospect that was a student prospect of ours, they each have a unique story. They each have a unique situation, you know, what their goals are for education, what their goals are for getting the skills, the requisite skills, um, you know, to move into a career. And, uh, you have to really investigate an investigative question uh, was something that we you know was a pillar to our success there you know getting to know you know the, the family the goals etc um, for someone that embarks upon an educational journey and uh, you just pretty much use these same skills in our you know our current career yeah I, I would just say it's really quite the same to be honest with you the difference of being on the phone or in person at a campus visit versus going into somebody's house Kind of like Sean said, it all comes down to really truthfully what is that confirmed need of that individual or what their perceived thought of that confirmed need is, and then uh, overcoming, you know, any obstacles of the white elephant in the room and, and helping them connect the dots to it. So it's very, very similar. Wow. Yeah, I, I can see that. I mean, and in and, and education, I'm sure you're working with all different types of people from all walks of life, too, so it probably wasn't too difficult of a transition when starting the solar thing, but you guys have since transitioned from reps into uh, also uh, running, you know, teams of guys, right? Yes, we have. Yeah, correct. And is that the same thing that you did in the education industry? It was. Yeah. Um, we, we had we had reps that worked uh, with us and uh, you know, we, a lot of different trainings, a lot of different, uh, you know, finance options, you know, similar to this industry now, you know, financial aid, of course, in the education industry being the more popular uh, choice, you know, however, we also worked primarily, uh, me being a veteran, uh, worked with uh, military educational benefits, were able to, you know, review different options, you know, with the prospective student on what best fit their, their situation. So one of the other things that we like to ask is, uh, you know, you've been in the industry for a while, so a lot of times some crazy things happen, right? And so we ask each of our guests, like, what's the craziest experience uh, that you've had in the industry, right? And so we'll start with you, Sean. Uh, I, know, I know you guys do a lot of appointments together, but can you share some, some, a crazy experience that maybe you had by yourself? Um, crazy experience. Uh Oh, that's a good question. Well, um, well, we are at a home right now on the outskirts of on the outskirts of Tucson, and uh, this is a homeowner that uh, we signed up a, a little bit earlier here in the year, and uh, you know they're run up against a few difficulties with the utility down here. Um, so we are actually, if this is a crazy story, we are here right now to help disassemble their Arizona room because it is. Um, <laughs> 
<laughs> it is uh, their their MPU became enclosed, so their main panels have become enclosed in this room. And I have been working with the um, the representative with their utility, and he has given us guidance on what to remove to expose this panel per code. And we are about to embark on this. Uh, um, little uh, construction project, if you will. I've got my tools and all of our stuff here. And uh, so is that a little bit crazy? I, I, I guess I didn't see myself uh, uh, having to do something like this, but uh, but whatever it takes, I, I think that, you know, Michael and I, we try to go above and beyond for each client that we work with. And, uh, you know, um, they have a nice uh, little animals and there's a mule I'm starting to get uh, used to him knowing a little bit about who I am and, uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah so uh, we're gonna go say hi to him I can't remember if his name's Charlie or the mule or yeah. uh, he knows you and that's, yeah. that's important uh, man you yeah, guys are so, committed too I'll right. tell you that that's I like that attitude of whatever it takes <laughs> I remember uh, when I played community college football there was a uh, slogan we had which was find a way you know, so. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think for me, um, one thing that kind of stuck out that was kind of crazy about three months after I got into the industry, I started knocking on doors. Um, I was obviously knocking on doors and I knocked on this door and this uh, lady, pretty attractive lady answered the door with no top on. And wow. she, she didn't speak, she didn't speak English. She started, she started speaking Spanish at me. She comes out and she pinches my cheek and tells me like waves me to come into the house and over her shoulder in the back is i don't know if it was her husband or boyfriend or whatever he's got a big grin on his face and he's waving me in and i'm like at that point i just went hey guys you know you know that's okay you know i'll be back you know and then i just kind of kind of walked off so that was probably pretty much to this day the most the most craziest thing that's happened to me not being bored oh man yeah. i bet you never returned back to that neighborhood i, I did not not that house yeah <laughs> It was a little, little, little creepy. So. Uh, yeah. You got to reach out to one. Uh, was it James we had on? James, yeah. You got to release. It was a little bit different, but similar. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very yeah. similar. I don't yeah. know. I don't know why these customers are answering their door with very limited amount of clothing on. Right. Yeah. I, I can tell you, I've yeah. never answered my door like that. But. <laughs> yeah, I guess I reflect back. I've had a couple of doors like that. Um, but you know, we. we We've also had, um, you know, a number of homeowners offer us, uh, you know, I've sat down to a few homemade meals, which has been really great. Um, you know, drugs. Yeah, we've been offered some, you know, <laughs> yes. well, illegal type things. Well, I guess it would yeah. be legal now in Arizona, yeah, but um, yeah, there's. <laughs> We've, we've been offered a number of different, uh, you know, beverages, things of that nature. Right. So, uh, yeah, it comes with the territory. I, I think that, you know, we're always trying to uh, make everybody uh, just be at ease. You know, we're, we're pretty affable, I think. And, uh, you know, we usually make some really, really good friends. Uh, I know I've made a number of different contacts. Um, from hey, I've got an HVAC guy, I've got you know a tile guy, I've got um, pool, guy. uh, pool guys, irrigation guy. I'm trying to connect with the irrigation guy to come do some work at my house. Who uh, you know we we sat with about a year ago, I think now, uh, Manny, yep. Manny and his wife. So yeah, I mean <laughs> we meet a lot of people, we can share a lot of contacts. Uh, you know a lot of their their references we share on to other homeowners. So it's a real 
you know, way to, you know, meet new people, new things. Like the guy last week out in Waddell, he's into cryptocurrency and has got some, something running there. And we talked to him for quite a while about that. So it's really interesting. Some of the conversations you have, um, meeting people, a guy we just had that was a referral on Monday, come to find out he was originally from a uh, town that's about uh, 18 miles away from my whole mother's side of the family's done. So we're, we're sharing stories about the best fishing spots there in, in, in the state. And so it, it's, you know, every situation, there's usually a common ground that we usually find. I think it's cool to find a common ground, really get that rapport and that relation so that, you know, everybody's at ease and, you know, you're sometimes making really good contacts and friends. Yeah, and that's what keeps us coming back. It's always, uh, you never know what you're going to walk into and what to expect. Every day is different, so that's always fun. Uh, yeah, well, when you're trying to, to uh, you know, generate that that commonality and that rapport, it's kind of tough when they don't have a top on and they're offering you drugs. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but I can tell you yeah. the guard is definitely lowered, and uh, you meet good people out of it, like our boy Manny, who just got a free plug on the show. Right. So, Manny, if you're listening. Yes, Manny, we got lots of people that need irrigation done. So, yeah, I need that, I need, I need that PVC pipe to replace my, my rubber irrigation that's leaking every month or two. So, Awesome. That's incredible. So uh, I'm going to ask you, you guys a question. Um, what is your secret sauce? And, and you guys probably have something that's that's a little similar, but I want to hear about the one that's different and unique from the other person's. Because when I when I see like people that work together often, usually one guy's really good at this thing and the other guy's really good at, at this thing. And he's, got a, he's got his own little thing. Sure. Um, my secret sauce, I think, again, uh, trying to find that commonality, as I mentioned earlier, but, you know, when we approach the house, you know, it's not just like walking up and knocking on the door or even if it's an appointment already, just, you know, walking up and, and coming in and sitting down. I'm always looking at, you know, what license plates are on the vehicle, you know, where, where are they from, you know, where to get that conversation uh, started and trying to find that common ground. Um, makes me think of one that we just had installed uh, a couple weeks ago. We walked in, I looked down at their dog bowl and dish and they had um, an Ohio State uh, mat, which I'm from Ohio originally and a big Ohio State fan. And, uh, and next thing you know, again, similar to the gentleman I was talking about earlier where he was from an area in Tennessee where my mother's family's from and we're talking old stomping grounds as far as fishing and things of that nature. Um, the same thing with them. That actually ended up being their, their uh, son-in-law that they referred to us. Um, however, you know, we are finding out that, uh, you know, his family being in the same area, all being from Ohio. So um, that's what I'm always looking for. Um, I'm always looking for, is there a military uh, or a veteran uh uh, you know, some kind of, whether it's a flag up or getting a license plate or stickers on the window of the car, or as soon as you walk into the house, you know, if you see, you know, pictures or different things that are on the wall that, you know, maybe something that I can relate to. And that's a lot of the conversation that we're having early on. And then that leads me into, you know, more investigative on, you know, what your goals are um, with going solar, what do you know about solar, things of that nature. And, you know, and I, I kind of take that that piece of it on, and um, and then you know, between Michael and I, you know, or, you know, he'll ask some more additional questions, and and then when it comes to us, pretty much you know, closing, you know, he takes 
together and he starts you know, fit, fit, finalizing that proposal. Um, once that proposal is finalized, he slides the, the deck over to me. I sit with the, with the homeowner or the decision makers um, and uh, I review the proposal with them. And at that point, um, it's pretty much an assumed close. If I'm not getting any objections or any tough questions, I pretty much just go right into the, the you know, the next step is to see, you know, if we can uh, get you qualified for this. I slide the deck back over to Michael. Michael starts running uh, credit and starts running the uh, the chosen finance option. And uh, I continue to, you know, in between that, um, you know, just more rapport, more talking about, you know, life, family, those type of things. It's a, a very, um, I guess what the word I'm looking for is more of a, uh, gosh, communicative type of uh, close, if you will. It's not a hard close. It doesn't really need to be. Um, right. Yeah. And then I'll let Michael talk to, to his side of that. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think that what makes us dangerous is that we we literally can do everything, both of us, and we know how to pivot on a on a dime, whichever direction we need to take based on the personality. And I think one of our our things that we're really good at uh, on top of building rapport is just tackling the white elephant in the room. Like we we try to take out why haven't we went solar? What is going on? And get three or four things, whether they're concerns or objections, and literally cutting the head off. What of they've it. heard, what you they know. Heard, what Crediting that, you know, or, or getting around that, overcoming those objections, the trust is then built, and then moving into, you know, we, we, we've done enough now to make it a logical decision, and then we are not, uh, we're not hard sellers, but we're we're tough to get out of the house. We, we will push back. There's no question. Especially, I like to think of it as, you know, we're going to put you in a round room. We're going to take out all the windows, and it's just us. So there is nowhere to go. <laughs> That's really our, our yeah. secret sauce, I think, in, in a lot of ways. Yeah, and the, the secret sauce it's really something I took from the education industry. Michael really capitalized on that there as well. Is when you're giving somebody a proposal, we have proposal tools in education where we went through the programs, we went through the financing, very, very similar to what we do today. Um, and if I'm getting acknowledgments and I'm getting yeses throughout that entire proposal, I'm assu- assuming that we're moving forward with the sale. Yep. That we're moving forward with the close. Oh, yeah. And it's not a, like, what do you think? Or do you want to do this? Do you want to do that? It's just moving forward because if, if, if there's no objections and they're giving us all those buying signals, they're giving us the guesses, they've had the opportunity to, to ask questions or vet this out. And, yeah. you know, we, we move right to that point. Now, again, it doesn't work every single time. Some people, you know, will hey, we'll tell us. People, yeah. people can be a little bit tougher. Um, They'll want a couple more quotes. Long. Yep. But the other thing, too, is like we're really good not only building the rapport, not only cutting the head off the elephant, but really logically giving them what we call and we use in the education industry as whiffles, what's in it for me. And as we connect those dots and it's a logical decision and it's nothing but pros, then the, the, assuming the sale is very easy, it's literally sometimes you just have to take their hand and just give them that, you know, throw them through the door mentality, you know, in a, in a respectful way. And that's really it. It's just connecting those dots. And, you know, just like anything, like anybody that's been closing, whether they've done it for a couple of years or five years and had some success, um, it's just not it, half the battle is getting in the house, whether you're knocking the door yourself and suddenly or getting it from somewhere else, you have uh, a very good fighting chance of getting in the house. Um, 
and, and, and you know, they trust enough to, to at least open up their lives to you. And then it's our job to take that canvas, listen to their words, and then at the end, show them that painting and then, and then take them through the door. Yeah, I'm, I'm picturing in my mind the two of you guys, you know, out of clothes and, you know, in the instance where you feel like, um, hey, there's not enough credibility, there's not enough rapport built to walk right into, okay, here's the next step, let's do the loan application. I could see how you guys can, you know, take that temperature in the room and then increase the amount of credibility and work more on the rapport before you go into the close. And then some, we, we really yeah. And then I could see you guys doing a situation where you know right away these guys are good and being able to pace yourselves to go through it quicker because you know that the, yeah. the rapport is there or it's like a referral or something, you know. It's like and each one, yeah. like for both of us, is like, you know, we know how to carry a conversation, start a conversation, even on people that are just, you know, yes or shut down or whatever. We will find that common ground. And that's, I think that's years on the phone too. That, that was our job because we didn't have – we weren't, we, we weren't, you know, privileged to, to see somebody's facial expressions, to see their, you know, their, you know, anything that they're doing in a physical form, you know, it was just the tonality of what was taking place. So when you can master that, so to speak, we've never arrived, but when you get really good at that, now when you're in front of somebody, it's much more difficult for that person to uh, kind of blow you off because you'll be able to read right through it. Sure. Yeah, I like that a lot. That's that's great. You know, reading the room and then also kind of tag teaming each other in and out is at least that's kind of what I heard. Where it's like, okay, you you steer now, and then the other person is going to do this type of work, and then okay, now I'll steer and you do this type of work, which is great because then the play is always going on, and there's no commercial breaks for like, uh, let me figure something out. Hold on, one second, my laptop's not working. <laughs> You know, absolutely, because when you're solo, which we've had to do, you know, from time to time as well, um, there is an awkward silence for a while, you know, when you're trying to, okay, um, I'm, I'm working on a proposal or I'm, I'm submitting an application for credit, and then it's just like, we're just strictly talking business, and it's just, what's your personal information, and it gets a little informal at that point, but with one of them, one's doing that task, the other is continuing the, you know, so, hey, you know, how long, you know, uh, have you guys, you know, uh, been going camping up around the basin area or, you know, what, what are some of your favorite spots? That's in between and it really makes it, you know, not such like a cold business transaction, if you will. Yeah, I think the other thing too, because we've been working so long, we can, we kind of finish each other's sentences in a sense. So we yeah. know what we're thinking, we know where we're going with it. But here's the best part. The reason that we work so good together and since we got into the, the solar industry in the space is you know when we first started with the company we it, it's psychologically proven without a fact um i mean it, 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 it's proven that it's harder for people to say no to two people than it is for one so if i'm knocking at your door no matter how good a rapport we build if i want to set that appointment it you know it could be like well yeah just maybe come back next week or you know call me sometime when you have two people at the door it's much harder when you get in the kitchen table it's much, much more difficult for somebody to tell you no, especially if you've already eliminated those those windows and now we're just walking around in a circle. And now logically, I told you 10 different reasons why this makes sense and there's no cons. It's very difficult for you now to tell me other than you just don't want solar and that's not going to take place. Yeah. yeah. And, and what you call no windows or, or, or a circular room <laughs> is what my mentor referred to me as uh, uh, scorching the earth. 
You know, you you take away all the objections before they exist. It's like you're you're removing the oxygen out of the room before the so the fire can't start. Yeah. And I think too, because you guys are both sharp and and excellent at what you do, you can go in together and it doesn't look like what some customers feel. Um, oh, they got the rookie there with them, and mm. this is the pro, and they're just bringing this guy to make it harder for me to say no, right? It's authentic that you guys both know what you're doing, so it, it doesn't come across that way, you know? Because I know sometimes it can be overwhelming if, you know, you've got two guys at the door, you got two guys in the appointment, yep. but that typically happens when there's a bully and there's a new guy. Yeah, you know? yeah, there's a guy that's just sitting there doing right. nothing. Right, <laughs> just, so it's yeah. kind of like they right. know yeah. why right. you're there, right? No, we're both back and forth. We're both, you know, we're both engaged. in the conversation, yeah. conversation, and we're both engaged. So, mm-hmm. excellent. That's powerful. So, if you had to give our listeners, which could be people that have had solar experience or people that are thinking about entering the industry or maybe just have, if you had to give them one tip for success, what would that be? I would say um, you got to stick with it. You know, um, work on your craft. And work on your craft, educate yourself, uh, you know, in the morning, you know, um, you know, I try to, you know, I have subscriptions that, you know, that are in this industry that I read up on what's current, what's going on, what's new uh, on the horizon, um, staying educated on that respect so that I have confidence when I am speaking to the homeowner. Again, some people you're going to get the, the very savvy, very affluent, sometimes engineering minds that are just going to beat you up on A, B, and C, and, you know, um, you got to be confident in what you're saying because you'll lose all credibility if, if you don't, but, you know, you're going to get a lot more no's than you're going to get yes's in, the, in this field, and, you know, uh, if you look at, you know, what's a successful baseball player, if you're, if you're, you're, if you're hitting three out of ten, you're considered a, a success, and it's, it's you know, pretty much in those lines, if you're hitting two to three out of ten, you're, you're successful. So you've got to have those ten, you know, at bat though. And that's all dependent on you as the individual or, you know, or you're, who you're working with. The, the more at more at bats means you know, more hits. And, uh, you know, you're, you're going to take your lumps. But if you stay with it, if you stay confident, you know, some of them are going to fall down. Yeah, I'd say definitely work on your craft and then be strategic. Every word that comes out of your mouth should be strategic and have a purpose when you're trying to not only sit down and present, but also to uh, be able to transition into that into that sale, assuming the sale and then the sale itself. Every word that we say, every direction that we deliberately take them should have a purpose, and that should be played over in your head regardless. I think one thing that we do um, especially when we're knocking the doors majority of the time, like that, you know, when you get done with the door and you walk back the sidewalk and then you walk down the main sidewalk and then you walk to the next sidewalk of the home, that was really where our education was. You know, what, what should I have said differently? I should have said this. I don't know what he was saying there, but I'm going to say this next time when that's another person says something different or says the same thing. So it's always learning and no matter how good, I mean, we slated it at the doors, got in there, closed them. It's almost like you play back that whole conversation through your head. What could I have done differently? Even though it was success, even though it rocked, I could have done stuff differently, you know. And uh, so just just always wanting to, to master your craft. And just like Sean said, you got to stay in this game. Um, it's, you know, a lot of people come and they've got great sales, but it's a hard gig, especially if you're starting out door to door. 
and a lot of people say, well, I've been successful in all these other industries. I can sell anything. I should be able to go in the house and do this. And it's like, dude, it's, it's nowhere close to that, man. You've got to do your time here. You've got to, you've got to learn the craft and you, you've got to learn how to, uh, you know, to, to, to really come across as, um, you know, not, not a novice, but really somebody that knows what the heck they're doing and, and can take them to the promised land. So, and you've got to be all in, you know, um, I think why Michael and I, why there's a benefit of doing this in pairs. It's like, just like working out, right? You have an accountability partner. You have said, Hey, you know, we've got this coming up three o'clock, meet you at the gym. It's very similar to that where we can hold each other accountable and push each other. And, you know, and as Michael said, some of our best learning uh, experiences early on, you know, is that time in between the doors. Uh, hey, you know, what do you think about that one? What should we have said? And then as your skill set continues to grow and evolve, when you have that objection at the door or that tough question at the door, the other person now can pick it up if one person doesn't come to mind first. Right, sure. We're able to play off of each other. Once you get to the point where it's like, there's nothing at the door at this stage in our careers in our game that we're not going to be able to, to, to go through, right? There's no objection. There's no, you know, well, this is what I've heard about solar, this, you know, X, Y, and Z, and, you know, my uncle's cousin's aunt got it 12 years ago. Um, from a company, company, right? Company not to be named. They used to do a lot of leases, and uh, um, you know, things have changed, things have evolved, you know. And you're able to between two people, you know, there's really not much they can get through that we can't overcome. That's awesome. Yeah, I like that the determination. And uh, you know, I I hear don't quit. You know, I like the way you phrased it too. With you know, you need a lot more at bats. Yeah, knowing your numbers too. I think we I mean, we talked about this earlier. Um, one of the the worst things that can happen to a rep is go knock your first door and sell them because they think yeah. that's normal, right? <laughs> um, you gotta you gotta get an idea of what it's gonna take, and then I always like to to break it down for the reps and say, hey, look, if you know it's gonna take you seeing ten people to close three sales, and three sales is gonna generate you this kind of income, right? How quickly can you get get through those numbers, right? Get through the nose, right? So. They're there. The nose are just learning opportunities. That, the reality. That's it. It's just refining you for sure. And same thing, you know, same mentality at the door is the same thing in the house as well. You know, if we walk out, gosh, we should have did this differently. Um, you know, just like anything, it, it, it's learning and it's, it's uh, repetition. Repetition breeds excellence in anything we do. And that's really it. Oh, awesome. Well, I appreciate you guys being on here. I know John and I certainly do. That's you, man. You packed a. You guys both packed a lot of value in a very short time. Right. So I'm, I'm sitting here. I'm just like, damn. I don't. I don't want to interrupt. Saying <laughs> a lot of good things. So I think it's a, it's all stuff that that our listeners um, would would appreciate hearing. So thank you for being so open and honest and and essentially giving your playbook to some people. They right. should probably pay you some royalties or something for that. <laughs> yeah, well, let's, let's copyright this. Yeah. Go from there. Well, I think it's important for for our listeners, especially most of which are new to the industry, um, that they hear from the the solar pros out there that are are doing it and what it is that they do on a daily basis, what their secret sauce is, what their crazy stories are, right? How they got started. So, again, we appreciate you guys being on the show and and being able to share that with the listeners. I think it'll be valuable for them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank Thank you. All right. Good luck on guys. that appointment, or on uh, <laughs> good luck with the chainsaw and uh, construction, <laughs> construction job first. 
appointment's at six thirty. All right. Oh, <laughs> well, make sure you remember the uh, the the mule's name before you go back right. there, or the donkey's name, whatever. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's Napoleon. Napoleon. Michael reminded me. <laughs> right on, guys. All right. Thanks. Have a good one. All right, man. Thanks. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's a unique uh, team. You know the way that they go together on all their appointments and. Uh, this is the first time I've heard like what it looks because I've never been on an appointment, you know, with those guys. But seeing what they, uh, how they work together, mm-hmm. um, now it makes a little bit more sense. On you know, because no, typically like either one of them could close. Mm-hmm. And I know they 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 do sales on their own, but um, there is value in them going together, and that's why I think they do it like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's 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 having a good, you know, have, just having a good team, but having good support staff like anytime you watch a show there you know it's not always just oh there's one guy that's the main character and there's no other characters in the show it's like there's always someone and sometimes that main person just will like shift from one person to another person you know and it'll be this this one segment so it's kind of great because you get to pass the baton yeah i've never done that i've never experienced that so that's that's unique to me i've always been in in my career in sales i've always been fortunate enough to be working directly um, like with the with the owner or with the somebody that's had a lot of success, mm-hmm. right? And so I I've you you know used them as my partner, <laughs> you know what I mean, to build credibility for me and put them in front of as many people as I can because I'm in training or whatever, right? These guys are it's that's always what they do, you know what I mean? And um, that's pretty unique in in the way that they go pro- about approaching that. So. Mm-hmm. And I think we have some background knowledge in them that's like that, you know, that's the way that, that they manage their team as well. Right. So as we're like talking later about uh, teammates and managerial overrides and whatever, it's cool to watch that because it's like one person can be working on one thing with the group and another person, person can be doing work. the other thing. Yes. And it's like, and if you apply that same tactic of passing the batons off, mm-hmm. then there's always one person that's kind of like in the trench at any given time and one person that's like telling the story. Yeah, well, if you look at it like, you know, raising kids, right? If you have one parent that's doing all the work, the kids, you know, don't get the value of both parents disciplining and both parents showing them the ropes, right? And so they've got, their team has access to, you know, a wealth of knowledge from them, but also the availability of two people. You know, you're in an appointment, you need some information, and you reach out to the one person you're supposed to reach out to, they've got two. Yeah. So they do have that unique advantage as well. Mm Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, uh, the Solar Sales Podcast is brought to you in part by Telefy. Instantly get names, phone numbers, and addresses by simply drawing on a map. The algorithm finds the most relevant contact records by searching multiple data sources in real time to deliver your team assets in milliseconds. 25 cents a contact, volume pricing, and no monthly commitments. Visit telefy.app for more information. And Enphase. The Enphase Energy System brings solar, batteries, and software together in one complete package so you can now make, use, save, and sell your own power all through the smart mobile app. Visit Enphase.com for more information. Thanks, guys. Awesome. So we get to talk about manager overrides. Yeah. I know that you have a lot of experience this. Now, don't, don't give away our honest take portion on how you messed up when we're talking about this, so we'll save that for later. But. Okay. Um, maybe, maybe we can start with like the first little thing that we have here, which is be in business for yourself, not by yourself. Yeah. I mean, I took that from, um, my experience in the network marketing industry, right? Mm. And it really applies to any time you're working with a company that there's a partnership, right? Whether you're in roofing or, you know, insurance or 
whatever, right? You're you if you're a sales rep, you have your own business and um, you have the company that you're marketing for, mm-hmm. right? So you're in business for yourself, but not by yourself. Um, and that relationship that you have with, in this case, your installer, um, your that better that relationship is, and and the roles they're defined, the better it is for you, right? So. Um, this concept of being in business for yourself and not by yourself, um, when we're talking about management overrides and building a team, right, I used that to recruit people, right? Mm-hmm. And the way it would look like is, um, you know, most jobs, right, you, you get hired on to do something and we tell you what to do and then you do all the work, right? Um, and in many cases for a brand new person, right, you tell us – which is the trainer or whatever, um, who we're going to meet with, mm-hmm. when we're going to meet with them. And then the trainer shows up, they do all the work, and you get paid, right? So who's working for who? Yeah, well, when you know what I mean? she's on the other foot. Yeah, so it's like if you explain to the, sale, the new sales rep, I'm going to be working for you because you're in business for yourself, but not by yourself, right? right? And I don't know if you want to work me like a dog, or you want to have me help you once a month, right? And I knew that if that when I got started in, in direct sales, my manager was available, and I knew he was good at what he did. So I just put him in front of as many people as I could, mm-hmm. you know? So if you build that credibility with your new, new recruit, right? Hey, I know what I'm doing. I know how to close. Just put me in front of people. I'll help you out, right? Um, that'll get them in. That'll make them some money. But that doesn't keep them here, right? Right? Um, what they see is what the opportunity that you have, right? And so, like, why is this weird guy asking me to like work him like a dog? Like, how much money is this guy making? <laughs> right. Eventually, they get it, right? Yeah. yeah. And so, in, in network marketing in general, um, the idea of leverage, right? I'd rather get paid the hundred percent of the efforts. Would you rather get paid a hundred percent of the efforts of your own, or one percent of the efforts of a hundred people? Definitely the latter. Right. Because you can get sick. You can get tired. You need a break. You can get burnt out. Never get a vacation. Right? Yeah. I mean, the worst thing that can happen to a, a solar pro that knows how to sell, right, is to be really good at what you do, have trained nobody, and now have developed a lifestyle that makes it where you have to keep doing the same thing over and over again to maintain that lifestyle. Yeah, you're stuck on the carousel. Yep. And so... How do you build an organization to where you don't get stuck like that? You can have quality of life and still have the income. Well, that comes from training and developing people and management overrides, mm-hmm. right? So um, what is that saying? I heard it somewhere. It was like uh, the best salespeople sell salespeople. Yeah. I mean, it's a good, good way of saying it. You know what I mean? Like recruiting for me when I was in those direct sales business was the lifeblood of the business. Right. Right. Um, it's different in solar because your sales aren't coming from the recruits and their friends and family like you see in network marketing. Well, however, it can, right? There's organizations out there. We won't name them, right? But there's a direct sales network marketing solar company. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people give them crap because they're like, these guys don't know what they're doing or the, the sales reps are not very sharp because they're brand new, right? They're also do a lot of volume <laughs> sure. because of the massive amount of people that they have, right? Um, well, yeah, but that's how we advise people to get started is like practice on 
you know, friends and family. Yeah, your mom, your neighbor, your whatever, sure. and then you know, come in with that closer, and unfortunately, do probably the scenario that we talked about when we were on the phone with Sean and Mike, where it's like the guy that actually brought them there is the one that's like, I'm just learning. Right. Exactly. <laughs> you know, the other thing too is like if you're recruiting homeowners. Mm-hmm. That's a powerful play. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're going to end up, you know, how, how are you going to go out there and sell, you know, Chevys, right, and you drive a Ford? Yeah, it's going to be very difficult. You, you don't. Right. So if you're a homeowner and you're in the solar business, right, you should probably go solar. If you're recruiting homeowners to be on your team, you're going to make a sale in recruiting them and helping them get their, their system set up, right? Mm-hmm. And you're going to do it fair, and they're going to see how it all works. And then you're going to teach them to do the same thing, mm-hmm. right? I, I think people are more afraid of what they can lose than what they, um, you know what I mean? Like they're more afraid of what they're, how do I put this? They're like the potential loss. The potential they're, loss, right? They're afraid of that. They're afraid of the, what they can lose, right? right? And so when, if you're a sales rep right now with an organization and you're having a tough time, you know, and it's like, man, this, this last person I talked to, they didn't want it, or this one canceled, or, and I'm just not getting the results, right? It can get tough. Yeah. And what makes it a little easier is if you have three or four guys on your team that you make an override on. Mm-hmm. And as long as those guys are showing up, guess what? It's really difficult for you to, to leave because you have something to lose. Yeah. So before, before we touch on that, because that's really important, and I, and I want to make sure that we cover that. Um, what you're saying is by by finding these people, whether they're your customers or they're people that you know, or it's you're just drumming up business some other way, recruiting these people, training these people, and going to the appointments with these people will give you a team. Right. And the team versus a traditional corporate environment where the team is given, where you're like, I'm going to hire you as a manager. Here are the people that report to you. Right. Well, I need those TPS reports on Friday. Yes, and, and that's <laughs> it's different. different. It's different, right. you know, but when you're building your own organization, right, if the company you work for is looking for more sales reps, and I guarantee you the company you work for is looking for more sales reps. They want you to find reps, right. even if you're new. Even if you're new. And so the ability to um, override those reps, right, even in this industry, even a five-cent override, right, um, there's – That could be juicy if, if – if you got some guys that are doing some volume, or you got a couple guys, that's yeah. great. That could pay your your bills every month. I mean, there's there's people in in some organizations that the account manager will work like that, mm-hmm. right? And so you'll see a, a five cent override on whatever guys they can get involved in the industry, right? Mm-hmm. And when that guy becomes a superstar, right? I was talking to one of our account reps that are set up like that, and his one account just closed three sales today. <laughs> Right. Wow. Forty kilowatts in, in in between the three sales is a two thousand dollar override, and the guy does nothing for the guy. Wow. Right. So that's possible only because he took the time and effort to introduce this dealer to an organization. Right? Yeah, yeah. Or if you're if it's your buddy that you recruit, and now he's being trained by your manager, and you're making a piece of that. Right. Right. That's great. Yeah, you bring someone into the fold, help them out a little bit. I mean, typically the way that I've seen it is. You find your friend or someone that you know or someone that you trust, right? and you show them everything about what this thing is, and you show them how to do it. You help them with their sale. You toss them their first couple sales. You basically take the money out of your own pocket right. and give it to them. 
knowing that that's going to return to you tenfold, tenfold yes. later on yep. and every month. <laughs> and, and that's the, you know, I think the thing that some people miss in this solar game is um, they see an opportunity to make a lot of money mm-hmm. and they go after it for themselves. Yep. And it's, it's not that they're being selfish, they're just not looking at the opportunity for what it really could be. Right. What if you had 10 guys and it doesn't take, uh, you know, thousands. Right. Literally, if you had seven to 10 key managers on your team. Right. That did this for a living. Mm-hmm. And you're overriding each of those guys by a few cents for every deal that's done. Um, the override compensation compared to your personal production compensation starts to match. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's when you can say, hey, you know, I'm going to take a month off and go do whatever I'm going to do with my family. Mm-hmm. And your income doesn't suffer. Right. Right. So long as you uh, have your phone on. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> Everything's good. <laughs> but then you could do stuff like that. Right. And then you can also look to like, how can I, how can I as a manager help these guys get in front of more, uh, more at bats, sure. if you will, um, so they can close more opportunities. So then they get hyped up and then they bring on another guy. And then it's this big, happy, functioning mm-hmm. family that's like adding new recruits all the time. Right. We used to use the word vested interest, right? So like I have my upline, it was upline, downline, and network marketing, right? So your upline has this vested interest in you, right? And I have a vested interest in, in my downline. Mm-hmm. And so I always give the analogy of sometimes, this, let's say you're on the freeway, down driving down the 17, you get a flat tire, mm-hmm. right? You know you got a couple fr- you know brothers or sisters that you can call to maybe give you some help or f- a friend or f- friend, right? And there's some people out there where they're not going to be able to get anybody to help them. They're going to have to call AAA, mm-hmm. right? But your downline and your upline, your teammates, right, that have vested interest in you, they know you're headed to an appointment, right? Yeah. <laughs> that generates oh, I'll come money. Pick you up. <laughs> Don't worry about it. I got my AAA. It's it's on its way, right? Yep. Or so hold on a second. Let me see who's in the area. So shoot out a group text. Who's by the 17 in the you know Thomas? Boom! I got somebody on their way. That's only possible when you're building the camaraderie with a team that has vested interest in each other. Yeah. Right? If there's no vested interest, hey, man, good luck, is what ends up happening. And that – Hope you make that, it there. Exactly. But that – and that scenario filters through everything. Right? Yeah. You're having tr- trouble with that sale, man, that sucks. Hope you figure that out. Versus, hey, no, what, what do we got to do to fix this? Mm-hmm. Right? Let me get involved. Mm-hmm. You, you have that happen. You know, obviously the managers that are overriding teams do that all the time. But the individuals within that team, if they have management overrides because of the bringing people in, um, building the team and, and the gel of the team and them sticking goes way up. Yeah. You know? I can see that uh, going up and down where it's like as a manager, you want to make sure that your guy's going to get that appointment. But also as maybe someone that's on the downline, I want to make sure that I'm there for my manager so in the event that something comes up or that guy gets a, a lead or whatever I get, opportunity, right. he thinks of me first. Sure. So I always I always clown on people because every time someone walks in my office, I point at the receptionist and I say, "What's your favorite drink?" Right. Or you know, what's their favorite drink? Or what's their favorite thing to eat for lunch? And I'm like, oh, I don't know. I'm like, you better find out. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you better have that written down in your notes, and you should probably be bringing that every time you walk through this door, because. If someone calls the office, who do you think they're talking to? Right. They're going to talk to the person at the front, the person that's, that gets the calls directed. Right. And you want them to think of you. 
it's all it's all full circle as far as building relationships, you mm -hmm. know, with your t entire organization, um, especially when you're in the role of leadership. Uh, I remember one of my mentors told me this. Uh, we would have a lot of meetings where we'd have a group of people, right? And so now we're talking 100, 200 people in the room. Um, I don't know every one of them by name, right? But if you're the one on stage giving the presentation, oh. right? And your guy's newest recruit's best friend that happens to show up to the meeting that wants to get meeting, you know, meet you or whatever, and you walk by because you're busy and you don't even make eye contact with the new rep that was excited to introduce their new guy, mm -hmm. right? And all of a sudden, all that guy's too good for us, right? And you get that the the attitude of um, they don't care about me, right. right? So you just have to understand in leadership that you know make those eye contacts with everybody. Mm -hmm. And you, you know, Tyler, you do a really good job in the office acknowledging people, not trying to put yourself on a, on a pedestal above everybody. That type of leadership is not always the same in, in certain organizations, right? You know, everybody's hush-hush when the boss comes in, right? To be honest, in our office, they don't even pay attention. You know what I mean? Not in a bad way, but in a way that you're part of the organization, right? Mm -hmm. they, there, there's not a fear of the boss, there shouldn't be a fear of the leadership, right? There, you know, and, and it's just, I know we're talking about management overrides, but the, the reality is people know when somebody's making money off them, right? And so if I go close a big sale, right, and I don't have somebody calling me to congratulate me that makes money off that, mm -hmm. right, how does that make you feel? Yeah. Right. Yep. I was talking to the gentleman I was telling you about that had those three sales. I go, did you call the rep yet? <laughs> Because if they don't hear from you today, right, when they just put in three sales that put two grand in your pocket, right, mm -hmm. that's kind of messed up. Hell yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Absolutely. Give there, a there was a guy that was just, uh, that just walked in here in this room, a uh, guy that works for me, and, uh, and he has a guy that works for him that just sold a, a big, a huge deal. Right. And uh, he couldn't get a hold of him. He's like, and that guy is so excited and just wants to tell about the deal. And and I know he's he like left out of this room and went like on the phone with him and was like, "Great job, bro! You know you killed it." And he's like, "I know, dude. Did you hear that?" That's what it's, it's all like, about. That's what you need. You know, I need that. I need that rearing to know that this is a win because the wins are so so few and far between sometimes to where when you get a big one, you're like, "I need a big celebration for this big win," so it kind of keeps me jonesing to do it again. Yeah, I mean, and just think about this. You're brand new. You get started. You're still learning. And you got a cousin, a friend that's really sharp in sales. Mm -hmm. And so the one option you have is I'm going to wait till I learn all this stuff, and then I'm going to introduce him to it, right? Or you're like, no, I know this guy. He would be a killer in this thing. And you introduce him to it. And that guy, right, is, is you know, there's there were situations in my old company where they had one guy. And that one guy was a million-dollar earner. Mm -hmm. And the overrides on that one guy were six figures. You know what I mean? And so he never really – this guy was never really a superstar, never really did a whole lot, but he made a 100 grand a year off of one guy. <laughs> you know, so that that's what's possible, right? Mm -hmm. And the way that you – when things get tough, you know, this, that, and the other thing happens, but any check – that comes in and it wasn't from your efforts, you found it. Like this is what everybody's looking for is the ability to make money off other people's efforts. Mm -hmm. That's what you own a business for. Mm -hmm. So the first time you make that happen for yourself where you have an override, 
from the efforts of somebody else, the type of juice you get from it is different than the juice you get from a sale you closed. Oh, absolutely. You know? Because not only is it, well, not only is it just like other people, you know, working for your efforts, really, but it's also, man, I, you know, I, I, I took my time and my energy and I poured it into that guy and I knew he'd be receptive to it. Right. It's great on his own and he ate it up. Right. And then he turned all that stuff into a success right. and got a win, got his first big deal or whatever. And it's like, that's exciting on its own. Forget the commission associated with that. Yeah, that's great. Right. Yeah, the money, whatever associated with that at scale, sure. Right. Absolutely great. I will not shit on that. But the wins that come from the individuals and watching their demeanor right. change yeah. in their face just overnight, they're like, yeah, I get it. Okay. <laughs> and like, see, I told you, you got that right now. And and then like I I they realize I think at that moment I don't ever have to turn back again. Right. And my, my life has now changed for the better or for the worse, because now it's it's a little toxic. Yes. Me, where you're like, oh shit, now I'm down there's I a, a whole nother level. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, wow, this is really freeing because I can choose really how successful it is it is that I want to be. Mm-hmm. You, you have the ticket at that point. You but know, you can't forget, as a, as a manager, too, that... They like, need that you, same opportunity. Well, but you got to take care of those people. Like, you got to give them the opportunities that weren't given to you. Like, the guy that came before you, sure, great. Not only do you got to pass along those skills, you got to be out there researching shit. Right. Com- coming up with stuff to bring new skills to the table to right. be like, hey, I saw this thing and that's what these guys are doing and it worked really well and we're going to try it and and nobody's doing this right now. And they're like, oh shit, okay, yeah, what is it? And, and taking them out and doing stuff and camaraderie and, you know, whatever, bonuses and spiffs and the whole nine yards, it all kind of comes together and it keeps those people motivated and lets you know that you care about them. Yeah, and, and then the the, if you can do this on top of all that, it explodes. Mm-hmm. And I've seen it happen. Um, there was a gentleman I worked with um, 15 years into his business. He would still recruit on a regular basis. Um, so there's always new people in the office, always new people at the meeting, mm-hmm. and was consistently the number one producer still. And so th- you couldn't, you couldn't, you walk into that office and the energy around it, right? Like they all know. This guy right here is still going to outproduce everybody, but is also pouring himself to everybody and giving everybody that same opportunity. Yep. And now everybody's just trying to chase him. Yep. And he's setting the pace. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, what happens to his organization when you do that? You like start explode. popping out leadership. Yep. So, um, that's that's the kick the the ticket. You know, if you're brand new to this, you want to make sure you have an opportunity where you're not can just go out there and sell solar, right? But you have an opportunity where you can grow with the company, build some people. Um, taste those management overrides, mm-hmm. right? And, you know, get yourself your little army, seven to ten guys, right, that go out there and do the same thing, and the fruits from that, right? Yeah, it'll be great. Well, and, and maybe try this. Don't ask permission. Ask forgiveness. Go recruit your, your customer that you're selling and bring them into the office to meet your manager and right. just be like, hey, I brought Susie. You know, she's the one, I got her the solar system. She's, I actually told her about the opportunity of selling solar, and I was wondering if you could meet with her. Right. And, and if we could just hop in the conference room really quick and talk a little bit more about that. Sure. And your manager would be like, oh, uh, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Now, I know what a lot of the listeners are thinking right now, okay? And, I, and, and it's an important lesson to learn. If you can't take your customer into the office, 
Show them your operations and tell them how it works. There's a reason behind that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, there's plenty of money, right? You don't need to crack every every customer, and it's going to be very difficult for you to walk a customer in. <laughs> I made thirty grand on it. Right? <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, they're going to be mad, right? But if you know, there's nothing wrong with making good money, and if you show them that they can do the same, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but just that's part of what you know. Obviously, what the listeners are thinking about is how that would how they would react. Right. Yeah, but I, I also don't feel like a doctor has to explain what it is they make in order to treat you. Exactly. Because they build the value, and it's like, okay, well, I'm sorry, did you go to school for 10 years or right. whatever to, to learn this? Oh, well, I did. Right. And while this hour of experience might not necessarily be worth five, ten thousand $10,000 or whatever this visit co- ends up costing for a specialist, it's not based on my time. Right. It's based on my experience. So... Based on the experience and the things that I did, I believe this to be a fair compensation where right. I'm not raking you over the coals, but I'm also not doing it for free. Right, of course. And look at this opportunity. Mm-hmm. You know, you were happy the same. with everything that we showed you, right? right? It's saving you money, and look at how much money I was able to make and save you money, mm-hmm. right? So that's the conversation, and let's go see how many people we can help in your neighborhood, your friends, your family members, right? What if we can generate an extra $20,000 a year for you? Right, that's the conversation that you have with people to recruit. Right, right. everybody what, right what now is, is looking for more money. That's, I mean, that's not even a, a sale a month. No, that's what I'm saying. So it's it's all perspective, right? Like you've got to one understand that everybody out there's um, unfortunately there's a lot of people out there hurting financially that are looking for an opportunity. So um, you know when you're when you're in this industry and you're out and about, you've got two hats. Mm-hmm. One hat is, who can I go talk to, share this opportunity, and sell solar to? Right? Mm-hmm. Whether that's door knocking, phone calls, appointments, whatever. Um, but the other hat you should always wear if you're in this industry because of the tremendous opportunity is looking for talent. And that means when you're at a restaurant and somebody gives you excellent service, right? You don't know what's going on in their life. That could be a single mom trying to raise their kids, right? And happens to... Grow up, grew up here in Arizona, and all of her friends are married and, and have homes, mm-hmm. right? And you share an opportunity like this that changes their life, right? Mm-hmm. So it's, it, it's one of those things where um, I don't think it's talked enough about in this industry, and that's the opportunity that we have once we have it, sharing it with others. Yeah, I feel like that gets squandered a lot. I mean, there, there are so many times that, that I look, for example, we're doing an installation, a solar installation. And I'm like, wait, wait, wait. Do we have all of the phone numbers for the people in that community surrounding that individual? When's the last time that we sent out, um, you know, a campaign, a social media campaign to that area? Do we have our right. PPC on in that area right there? Right. Do we have any yard signs out? Right. Do, do we send flyers to that area? Because if I could, like, go back in time or rewind, I'd be like, pause every install until I can get this system set up so that way I can capture the people surrounding the people I'm already doing business with. And I think the same thing applies when you're talking about recruiting and running a team. It's like, wait, 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 hold up. Can I go back and replay every good waiter that I've ever had an experience with? (laughs) like, Or every good service person that's ever come to my house and done X, Y, and Z? Mm -hmm. Like, Because I I should talk to them, and I should get their personal numbers. And I should, you know, show them what success in this industry looks like. And, you know, maybe you don't know all the answers right now or you're not, you don't understand your comp plan perfectly. Um, I had to learn and teach my, my new recruits uh, a couple one-line 
you know, things that they could say, right? Mm -hmm. um, and part of it was just simply, you know, asking them if they're happy where they're at right now, or if they kept their options open to make an additional income on a part-time basis. Right? <laughs> and it was That's great. I mean, I knew it by heart, like everywhere I went. <laughs> You know, I don't know if you keep your options open to make some extra money on a part-time basis, but if you are, we're, we're looking right now. Mm -hmm. You got a number. Or looking like for what? We're <laughs> looking for people to, you know, would, could an extra $1,000, $2,000 a month help you out? Man, that's my mortgage. If it, was, if it was simple and easy and you were helping people, would you be interested in taking a look at it? Yeah, I'd be open to looking at it. It, trust me, it's not network marketing either. Because <laughs> that's what you get you in, the, in the industry. Like, I, I can't go to a... a uh, if for whatever reason, if I go to a Barnes and Noble, and I go to the the self improvement like business book section, every time <laughs> I will get approached by really? another marketer. Yeah. Well, they just hang out there. Yeah, they do. Funny to know. And and they'll you know they'll they'll come with the same line. I'm sure. You know, hey, what do you you work around here? Do you live around here? Uh, who are you? Like, right? Network marketing. <laughs> <laughs> what company are you with? Right. Right. But you don't see that with people talking about selling solar never right? never know? i mean think about all the people that you you come in, in into contact with at like the gym or right. something those yeah. are all usually people that have houses or you know families and whatever yeah and even if when you get people that are like maybe in real estate and they say hey, have you thought about getting into real estate there's this big old uh, obstacle of getting into real estate i got a license i got a good yeah. license right so those those opportunities people do recruit for but it's really only network marketing that people put a lot of effort into it. Mm -hmm. And I think there should be more effort into real sales like this where it's, you know, it's uh, the opportunity is tenfold, right? Mm -hmm. Like most of the organizations out there in direct sales and you're recruiting people to buy a consumable product where you're making peanuts on it, you've got to build an army in order to make any real money, mm -hmm. right? But when you have ticket sales like this, where the commissions are five, ten, fifteen thousand dollars, you don't need an army. You need seven to ten guys, mm -hmm. and you're done. Seven to ten guys will be a would be a good living if those people know what they're doing. Right. Yeah. And and so, you know, if you get into an industry where you're like, okay, I'm gonna make great money, for what? Right. For you to do that again next year and then the year after that and the year after that and then eventually get burned out. And then if you didn't save properly, you're going to look for another job. Mm -hmm. And let's pray you don't get injured or have to get legal counsel for something. Right. Because you're screwed. Versus building an organization, building a team. Right. Getting everybody fired up, having the camaraderie, all that stuff overrides. And then eventually, you know, you can take your foot off the gas because you've built it. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, that's, that's what this opportunity is, you know, and I think sometimes people miss it. Yeah. I think, I think that's the, the thing to always, uh, keep in your vision mm -hmm. is like the light at the end of the tunnel. It's like, yes, I know that I'm, I'm doing this and I'm selling stuff. I, I sold deals on my own for many years right. before I ever managed a single person, mm -hmm. but I knew that that existed. And I was like, if I can just do this and just get proficient enough and just have enough experience and be in the right place and given the opportunity to have the comp right. for that, I'm doing it. Yeah, there definitely needs to be more of that going around. So if you are starting, maybe start that with your intent. And I saw this, I read this book one time and it was like, I can't remember the title, I'm going to botch it, <laughs> but it was like backwards plan. So it was like set your objective to where it is that you want to be 
in to your industry, yeah, life, whatever. whatever, 10 years, any of that, and backwards plan it and see what it actually takes in order to get there. There was this guy that did this interview that I listened to, and it was a, it was like a real estate type of thing. And he said, eventually, I wanted to own um, commercial buildings that had like huge, huge commercial industrial buildings that were rented out. But I didn't even own my own house. Right. And he had just like, he was a, uh, he was a surgeon and just completed his like residency and training and all that stuff. And he started operating on people and he's like, this sucks. Right. <laughs> I hate this because I, I have to be on the clock working on people if I want to make money. And, uh, and he was like really concerned. He's like, I made the wrong choice. Oh my God, what did I just dedicate my life to? And so he wrote down some goals and backwards planned it. And he didn't even have a single residential investment property right. in his portfolio. Just like, well, I just looked at what needed to happen. I looked for some syndicators and, you know, I found the deal and helped materialize it. And this guy put in a little bit of money and I was able to qualify for the loan because I made decent money at my, you know, my yeah. surgery gig. And, uh, and we made it happen. And now we own an industrial complex that leases to FedEx. Right. <laughs> and they say this, and it's like, whoa. It's like the secret, right? You just put your mind towards whatever you're going to accomplish, and it, it happens. Yes, but there was a lot of steps in the way. So he's like, what needed to happen with me in order to get here? It's like, right. oh, I had to do this, and then I had to do this, and then I had to have enough capital, and I had to make sure I met with these people. So I had to go to these networking events, and I had to talk with this guy, and I had to put stuff on Facebook in order for people to know that, that I was interested in stuff like that. Sure. <laughs> so you're going to attract 7 to 10 people that are going to work with you and your organization that you can manage and override, right? You're going to need to do like Mike and Sean were talking about earlier, right, and do the, the work, mm -hmm. right? Master your craft. Get good at it, right, so you can train the people correctly. Mm -hmm. um, but you got to have a mouthpiece. you got to open up and, and, and share that opportunity and not feel – you know, it's, it's weird. So, like, when you're brand new, if you haven't closed the sale, granted, it's a little more difficult to recruit somebody without being able to say, hey, look at the check, Right. I remember what I did when I got first started in network marketing is I just took my check. I said, look, this is what I did you know, in a very short period of time, and I'm trying to show you how to do the same thing. Mm -hmm. So if you're in solar and you've gotten a check, a large check, right, share that with somebody. <laughs> Man, this you is, better have that in your wallet yeah, at all times. I mean, a picture stuff. of it, you know, <laughs> stuff. Like, this is what I was able to do, and I just got started. Mm -hmm. Would you be interested in taking a look? I can introduce you to my manager, right? He can show you the same thing, right? Those are the conversations that need to be be had more. And I think sometimes people they get excited about this industry, and it's almost like a secret. Ooh, yeah, I don't want to can't tell people about that. Yeah. Nobody should know that I'm doing well. Right? They're gonna ask me for things. Yeah, dude, they're gonna ask you how you got that, and you should probably share it with them because the people that help other people, good shit happens to them. Yeah. I remember my brother-in-law reached out to my wife and was asking a bunch of questions. What are you guys doing? They see the house, <laughs> they see the cars, and all this kind of stuff. And my wife's like, "What do you think?" She's all solar. Really, <laughs> believe it, right? And it's just that's what people. Some, you know, you want them to not believe the opportunity you have, right? Because right? then it starts to to build that intrigue. You know what I mean? I know the next time I go over there, he's going to ask more questions. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, so, so wait, wait. So yeah. yeah, how does this work? Right. <laughs> it's like the Wolf of Wall Street when they're in that diner, and mm -hmm. he's like, "You show me a, a check stuff for seventy five thousand dollars, and I'll quit right out." <laughs> and there's people that 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 do that. You know what I mean? When they see that that kind of opportunity, it's like, wait a minute. You know what I mean? I, we have a gal in the office, right? The, called the sweet old lady, right? She's a little older, and she's in this industry, and she's closing 
solar sails, mm-hmm. right? It's very difficult for somebody that's working a job to, to watch what she's done doing to make that kind of money and, and then realize, like, they could do it if they did that work too, right? It's very humbling. It's like, oh, man, I'm not going to go do what she does. <laughs> you know what I mean? But the opportunity is there for anybody, mm-hmm. right? So that means not only are you reaching out to your buddies, but if you have a, you know, a mom or a dad that's semi-retired that still needs income, right, they're going to be able to talk to homeowners about this stuff way easier because they've been around and they're going to be way more trustworthy or way perceived more trustworthy. Yeah, and it, and it's great to talk about. It's topical. It's like, hey, this is what I do. And people are like, oh, is that a scam? I've heard some stuff about that. Right. And blah, 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 Anderson Cooper said blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and it's like, right. oh, well, yeah, maybe I can answer some of that stuff yeah. for you. And the credibility is there. Yeah, and then you become kind of the talk of it. I, I went to this uh, like little retreat that was not work-related at all. It was like a couple of friends of mine. It was in like this relaxing thing in like Prescott. It was like in the middle of the woods and log cabins and whatever. And they were just having, like, this uh, little retreat, and you know, people were smoking cigars and having a good time. I think a few guys were golfing and whatever. And so I came up for the day to check it out. And um, they kind of had, like, this, like, kind of cafeteria mess hall where, like, you know, there's a bunch of different groups there and whatever, and everybody kind of comes up to eat. And this guy sits down next to me, and he's like, hey, man, I, I don't think I met you before. What do you do? And he's just a real talkative dude. Then I tell him, and I was like, oh, yeah, you know, I own a solar company, and blah, 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 and this other stuff. And he's like, oh, really? Shit, I used to work for one of those. And mm-hmm. and, and he kind of like went off, and he was really excited. And I, I felt bad for the guys I was there with because right. they were like, fuck, here he goes again. Right. <laughs> <laughs> talking about it, and I'm I'm trying not to. You know, I'm, yeah. just, I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, it's it's cool. And, you know, it's 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 a job, and it, it, I like it, and it puts bread on the table, and it, it's fascinating. And, and he's like, let me ask you a question. What kind of modules do you guys use? And, blah, blah, blah. and he's like, well, I've been thinking about selling some solar again. I just... Bought this house down here. Congratulations, man, on your house. It's badass. Like, yeah, I'm selling vehicles. I just don't know if it's for me, man. I really like the idea of selling solar. Do you have anybody that's in Tucson? It's like, yeah. Um, look, let me give you let me give you a number to someone you know. Then just kind of trails off asking about this and that and modules and batteries and ta- right. are they still doing the tax credits and what? It, it becomes something topical to talk about. Meanwhile, my buddies are like. Can we do this? <laughs> He's like, man, come on, dude. Like, really got to talk about this again? And, it, you know, he turns over to the guy. My, my buddy, of course, knowing who I am, chimes in. He's like, you know, you put solar on my house. <laughs> you know? He's like, you know, I got really upset. I, I got a bill from my utility company. And the guy's like, really? You got a bill from your utility company? You got solar on your house? And he's like, yeah. It was negative 25 bucks. <laughs> and he's like, oh, shit, man. <laughs> like, that's, you know, that's that's the key, right? Yeah, walked out of there with uh, definitely someone that was really interested to be get started. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know whatever happened to that, but if you're listening, guy, yeah, exactly. you know who you are. Well, you know, one other thing, too, that I wanted to point out, because I know I had this challenge with my new recruits, and we used to tell them, recruit up, mm-hmm. right? Because what typically happens is they see this opportunity, and for somebody that say, you know, their best month they've ever made was $6,000, right? They're looking at that opportunity from that that eye, that perspective. Yep. And then you got somebody that's unemployed, so anything looks good. Yeah. Right. Um, and then it's a little harder to recruit somebody that's already making a six-figure income. Mm-hmm. But here's the difference: when you go show this opportunity to somebody who's unemployed, it's they, it's very difficult to get going in this thing. Right. Mm-hmm. You can start, but you need a paycheck to pay your bills. Most yep. solar opportun- opportunities is straight commission, right? Mm-hmm. You talk to somebody that you know a six-figure income with us would be better than their six-figure income in their job, right? 
their skill set is already different. Their management skills are different. Mm-hmm. Their network of people they know is different. Mm-hmm. And when unfortunately in the recruiting side, I think solar reps have no problem talking to the homeowner that's got a job and is doing well. They know that that's their market. They've got to have good credit in order to get the deal done, right? Mm-hmm. But they're not looking at that same person as the person they want to show the opportunity to. They show the opportunity to somebody that they think needs to make money. Mm. And that's the biggest mistake. Yep. You know, um, when you see people that, like like a Mike and Sean, they came out of already a successful business, mm-hmm. that stuff happened, and then the timing was perfect for them to come over, right? right. Uh, I talked to a gentleman the other day that, you know, worked with Lifetime Fitness, right? They went public, I guess, and changed some things. He got out of the industry, out of that, managing that place and went into solar, mm-hmm. right? So those are the kind of guys that you want to recruit, mm-hmm. right? And because um, you know they got a, an army of people standing behind the fence, like let's see how that guy does. Yes, <laughs> hold on, how you doing over there? Or, or they've got already a successful book of business. That too, you know what I mean. You go talk a lot to of, uh, yeah. somebody that's got a successful pest control business or a successful pool company, mm-hmm. right? And talk to them about this opportunity. They are gonna do it completely different than your average person that's just looking to make some extra money. Mm-hmm. You know, so you've got that whole scope of rec- the recruiting efforts, mm-hmm. you know, so. Yeah, it's big. So because we're running a, a, a little bit over on time, I think the people want to know, John, <laughs> how did you mess up? Well, exactly like we've been talking about, right? You, I was involved in some some different direct sales business, network marketing businesses, and I would recruit some key people. And the only way you maintain those overrides is you got to stay. Right. And that's what makes it <laughs> sticky. Right. And so um, I was in a situation where I had recruited some good guys, was making some good overrides and had stopped um, being involved in that company because I was pursuing real estate. And all I had to do was uh, maintain my licenses and do the proper compliance stuff. And the residual checks would keep coming in. Right. Mm. And um blurred by the money and real estate because of the cash bag, all that stuff that was going on, mm-hmm. I just decided, hey, I'm good, right? And and walked away from, you know, three or 4,000 residual income that was coming in because I didn't renew all the licenses in, in place, mm-hmm. right? Um, it's tough on, like, Facebook, right? I'll see people that are still with organizations that I recruited them to, right? <laughs> Which tells me if I would have stayed, there would have been still money being made in overrides off those people, mm-hmm. right? And so um, I know what it's what that feels like, and I'm telling you guys, if you, you're in the industry right now and you can find someone and put them on your team and they get good at it and you have an override opportunity, right, it'll help you get through the tougher times, you know what I mean? Because you, you have that extra income coming in and you'll have something to lose if you decide to go do something else. Mm-hmm. And so that's... You know, my personal story of what happened to me, and it didn't happen just once. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, it was actually three different companies that there's people that are still successful with those companies. Um, one of them, I actually sold the, my, my code, so I didn't lose out on that one. But the other two, you know, they're still doing it and don't receive any income from it. So um, lesson learned, right? Mm. Yeah, that's a, that's a tough lesson to, to fight off. Yeah, but it's it's the message here is um, one. If you're going to recruit some people, stick around, right? Because you never know what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, the, the main message is don't look at solar as just an opportunity for you to go help a homeowner, um, but it's really a a business opportunity, 
because if you know all the dealers that are out there that have the dealer in a box situation, that's what they've done, mm-hmm. right? So whether you're internal and you're overriding somebody, or you've got a dealership, or you've got other people working with you, both of those opportunities are are businesses. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so, um, I think people need to start looking at solar as a way for you to get involved, not as just a sales rep, but starting a business. Um, I know in the industry, a lot of people like I've heard this happen before where it makes make it look like it's a lot harder to do. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. um, the reality is that's not the case. No, so, no. Oh, man. <laughs> Sorry, my head spins on stuff like this because it's just uh, the amount of potential. is just ridiculous right. out there. I mean, we've had even so many people that we brought to like a, a meeting that we didn't really think we we're going to do any business, you know, had a full-time job, did something else, you know, maybe worked part-time and, and the spouse worked full-time or whatever and uh, ended up having a lot of connections and making some sales. It was really passionate about renewable, right? Uh, renewables. So it's like you never know what you could be walking away from or the, even the opportunity that you could be failing to, to bring up yeah. during a meeting where it's like, hey, I, I would maybe like to look into that too, but... Unless if you paint it out to be this difficult thing where there's like this wall and it's like, sorry, you need special qualifications and you have to be management material in order to do this. Like you're, you're blocking yourself off. Right. Why not be a manager with managers underneath you right. that work with people? That's great. People should strive to do that. And if they don't have anywhere to go in your org, if you will, like your, your group, then they're probably going to look for opportunity elsewhere, which is something that we didn't even really mention is that like, Give you fit your people's dreams into your dreams, right. and your dreams got to be big enough to fit all of their stuff too. And you, you know, the best way to do that is sit down with a guy and be like, "Hey, what you know, you John or someone, what what do you hope to accomplish in five years?" And if this guy's like, "I want to own a yacht," and blah blah blah, and you're like, "Oh shit, I gotta, I gotta step my game up too." Because if I want to be able to be responsible for a guy that has a yacht <laughs> in his first year <laughs> or whatever, then that means that guy's gonna need a lot of training and a lot of attention and and i gotta make a runway for him yeah here's the other part of it too and i'll just be honest about this because this is really the reason why we recruit mm-hmm. um we know every industry has attrition right so people aren't going to stick so if you recruit somebody and they go close five ten sales and you make an override and you didn't t- give them any opportunity to do the same thing and then they quit you got to do it all over again yep versus you get somebody involved they close those same four or five sales but you focus on them finding people to be part of their team. Mm-hmm. Uh, they end up finding a couple guys that get started. They end up deciding they want to go do something crazy. They want to go get into some other industry. So they're gone. Okay. <laughs> but you, they replaced themselves with the two new people that you're working with that you had. You would have never met those guys. Yep. Right. And now they're your key managers. Yep. This happened all the time in in the industry, right? Where it was like somebody who knew somebody who knew somebody who became the superstar. And the guy overriding him, right, is not the original guy that recruited him. Yep. There's three or four other dead bodies <laughs> that get no overrides because they quit. Mm-hmm. You know, and we talk about that all the time, right? And that keeps them, right? You know, it's like I remember I had a board with all the recruits' names on there, right? And then I would, I would make like a, a rest in peace when they quit, <laughs> mm-hmm. and it was just the people that were still active left up there, right? And how, and and that's just part of the industry, so. If you're going to recruit quality people anyways, get them to recruit for you because eventually a good majority of them are going to move on to do something else, and you're going to be left with what? 
your seven to ten key managers. Yeah. Right. And that's all that it takes. Yep. You know, so fun stuff. Mm -hmm. Sorry you had to mess up, John, to learn the lesson. But (laughs) oh man, I'm sure the figure is high. It is. (laughs) I'll survive. Just build it again. (laughs) All right. Um, Well, I think that wraps it up for us today on the Solar Sales Podcast. So. Uh, thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you want to leave your feedback or didn't agree with something that we said, please throw it in the comments. We love to chat, uh, especially if uh, people want to fact check us. We love that too. Yes. And uh, we'll see you guys all next week. Sounds good.